Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hi, and welcome to Food Bite with Kevin Hillier and snotty Sarah Patterson. <laughs> I'm a bit of a misery guts today. Oh, what do you mean today? I'm really <laughs> blocked up, chocked up with a head cold, but otherwise I'm here and I'm firing on all two cylinders. And it's a reminder to have a flu shot for, oh, for winter. It? No, okay. seriously, it is because uh, we all we all got shots for COVID and everyone, oh, yeah, but yes. then we forgot about the flu and the flu is uh, every bit as debilitating uh, as, uh, as any of the other things that are going around. So get your flu shot. I'm very excited by today's guest. He's a ripping fella. What an incredibly engaging human being. What a talent. Mitch Tambo. Goodness, he should be on radio. <laughs> he should have a breakfast show. Well, he is so articulate, he's refreshing, he's fun, he's, he's honest. Everything I'm not. Oh, <laughs> you're he honest, is, Kevin. No, he is a really talented young man and mm. an exceptionally good singer. Um, uh, you may have seen him on the on the Firefighters concert with Farnham yes. and Olivia Newton-John and Brian May doing uh, his version uh, of well, You're First the Voice. Well, First Nations yeah. version of You're the Voice. He is such a talent. He is such a talent. Mm. Um, and we're very pleased to have him on the program. Yeah. Uh, and you'll hear from him shortly. You'll be intrigued by what he has to say. Oh, yeah. Especially the diet he's been on. That is hardcore. <laughs> we call it the carny train yeah, around absolutely. here. Absolutely. You'll be, by the time you finish listening to Mitch, you'll be on the carny train. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, and our food poll is, uh, is a really interesting one. It was time to carb up because it's getting cold, Kevin. We yeah. put, uh, well, spaghetti carbonara mm-hmm. up against uh, spag bowl. Yes. I think uh, Steve Bastoni may have influenced this week's uh, Friday Food Poll. Steve Bastoni's had 17 posts <laughs> on the Facebook page and also on the Twitter account. Oh. Um, he's been very busy, has Steve. Uh, we'll hear one of those when we talk about the food poll later on. But uh, for now, enjoy this very talented young man. His name is Mitch Tambo. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello, Mitch Tambo. Yummy, yama. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being part of it, Mitch. And I guess that you would be the perfect guest for this kind of show because you, I understand, love your cooking. Look, it's not about do I love cooking, but I love learning about the right foods and putting the right foods in my body. And I think that we live in a world where there's so much information out there and it just turns into such an incredible journey when trying to you know, navigate that. Why is that so important to you? I'm not sure. I think when I grew up, I've always been a really sporty kind of a a young person, played lots of representative sports and things like that. And a part of that was, you know, just sort of taking an interest in what I put in my body. And I think as the years have gone on, that's kind of just developed and manifested. And I've just continued to learn and and just want to try and operate at my optimal, I suppose. So I I think to do that, one of the, the biggest things is, you know, around what you put in your body. So what foods did you eat as a kid growing up, Mitch? Yeah, so as a kid, I mean, I would just say regular foods and then, you know, regular foods as in just everything. And then as I kind of went into adolescence and was right into sport and that kind of thing, that's when I started to really look at just the general stuff, whether it be skim milk or trying not to eat sugar, just all that kind of stuff. And then as I got older, I realized that all I did through that time was pump myself full of sugar. So it's, it's really interesting when you sort of go down that like, I don't want to eat fat. I shouldn't eat fat, it's not healthy. And then all of a sudden you load yourself with sugar and that's not healthy either. 
So do you uh, do you consider fat and sugar as being, I guess, in, in the uh, the enemy camp or is it a case of you just um, try to uh, limit how much you have or do you not have any at all? Today I don't eat sugar and I eat heaps of fat. Mm-hmm. So um, at the moment I would probably say I'm in like ketosis and um, like fat's my best friend. So as long as I'm eating like animal fats and things like that, I feel like I feel great and and my mental health and everything I feel like has great benefits from that. And that's just how I sort of do things. Yeah. And I haven't, I'm not really a big sugar guy. Like I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a lolly or anything like that. Yeah. So, so Mitch, I understand that you, you follow a, a carnivore style of eating. So there's obviously yeah. lots of good protein in there. Tell us mm. about that and, and how that came about. Yeah. So it come about because uh, my family sort of history, there's a bit of autoimmune stuff in there. And, um, I was always aware of that, not too worried about it. But as I sort of got older, um, I just felt like I wasn't functioning well. And by that, I just mean like brain fog, um, feeling sluggish, not overly motivated, even though I'm a really motivated person, but just feeling like I was always having to sort of pump myself up with self-talk and sort of crack the whip on myself. Mm. And so there's a couple of friends around me that are really holistic and in, into, you know, alternate, alternate foods and, and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, why don't you um, get on the carnivore train? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and they talked me through it and like, it's just basically eating meat and nothing else. And to be honest, when I grew up, up until recently, I never really ate red meat. So I ate heaps of chicken, salmon, um, that kind of a thing. So the idea is, just eating copious amounts of steak in general and things like that was really left field for me. But I thought, you know, I'll give it a go. I'll trust the process. Can't do me too much harm. You know, it's not forever. If I don't like it, I won't do it kind of thing. And um, so I went really on the sort of the paleo vibes for a second and then kind of progressed it down to an anti-inflammatory diet and then it just flowed into pretty much strict carnivore. And what I had found is that as I sort of progressed down, like I, I was feeling great, you know. And by the time I got to carnival, I just thought, wow, like all this brain fog and this lack of motivation is totally gone. I just feel really pumped and feel sharp more than anything in my mental. And I also felt like a lot of my anxiety diminished as well. So I've kind of just um, stayed on the, the carny train, so to speak, <laughs> but tried to learn more about it because obviously um, protocols and things like that, they're not something that you should really do long term because you know, we have a diverse um, stomach, our gut, so to speak, and it needs certain things. So I've kind of just started to learn about what else I can put in my body and how I can try to do things right. So, yeah. So I love that description, the carny train. The carny train. <laughs> the carny train. <laughs> but that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting because to, to a lot of people, Mitch, that, that would sound like a pretty hardcore um, way of uh, eating. Take us through just a typical day for you and what kind of stuff that you would eat. It's pretty wild, you know, like for, <laughs> I mean, for eight months or so, I reckon, and I'm not exaggerating, I would say 12 months if I was exaggerating, I reckon like eight months, I just pretty much was um, steak, mince, and if I wanted to treat myself, I might chuck in a little bit of broccolini. <laughs> um, and then for like a good few months, I was just straight up mince, grass-fed mince, cooking beef tallow. And that was it. And that was really because of the extensive touring and I just felt great on it. But also knew that like it's not a great way to do things. So I started to look further into kind of like your gut health and um, 
well, the diagnosis of a leaky gut and what could a leaky gut be and what kinds of things help that and all that kind of thing. So then I've gone more into, I'm going to say like an old school kind of a way of eating, like kind of like how our grandparents and beyond would eat, which is more like um, slow cooked meals where, you know, it's meat on the bone, you're slow cooking it for like 48 hours and then within that you're getting all the collagen, the gelatin, all the good fats out of the animal and you're consuming all of it and really layering up your, your tummy and, and, and getting a lot of energy and more minerals and nutrients from it than just say, just cooking up good old mint. <laughs> and um, I found from that that it's been pretty incredible too. But I like to think that I'm going to progress from that into um, other food groups and things as I go along. Like I want to really get into like fermented veggies and stuff like that as well because obviously the good bacteria and stuff like that in those, like full of probiotics and things. So, yeah. Now listen, Professor Tambo. What? Well, I don't know about that. Don't call me that because I'll be in the, I'll be in the Daily Mail just fighting everyone off. Oh, no, we don't want I that. I didn't say follow me. All right, I'll scale it down. Dr. Tambo, tell me, uh, what, do you, what do you miss? We're going through that eight months of just having, you know, basically red meat. What, 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 what was the thing that you thought, oh, I really want to have a... Yeah, it's really interesting because I think because I was just like, you know what, I'm committed, like I'm just going for it. The hardest thing I would have to say that I endured was the two weeks of going into it because I just, I guess the only way to say it is I just went full cold turkey. So like I was a big coffee drinker. Like I loved this ice cream called Penna ice cream. I don't know if you know it. If you're out there though, you should probably go try it. Mm -hmm. And um, through lockdowns and stuff, I had this epic routine with my wife (laughs) where we would make our own popcorn, have Penna ice cream, and Penna had their own version of Nutella, and we put that on the ice cream, and that was like our thing while we binge-watched TV while we were locked down in Melbourne. <laughs> and so coming out of that, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going for this. And that two weeks, honestly, the, like the withdrawals off the food and coffee were just insane. And I ditched coffee before and never had issues. But when I ditched both of those, I mean, I'm driving in the car, and I'm driving past Macca's, and there's this voice in my head just going, just turn around, man. Just get a coffee. <laughs> if you, and I, I remember like having an argument with it, like, just go away. I don't want to do this. And I was like, dude, just get a half-strength coffee. It's not a big deal. And the um, <laughs> the turning point was when I when I chucked the U-turn and I got that coffee. And I was like, you know what? This voice is not controlling me again. So outside of that, I was pretty good. But there was a couple of times where I will say at the beach with my wife and kids and just like, it's a beautiful day and you can't, well, it'd be nice to just have some fish and chips right now. <laughs> but other than that, I haven't been too bad. Wow. That's such a massive lifestyle change. Um, you mentioned wife and kids. Uh, are they on this? Yeah. Are they on the carny train as well, or have you, what have you done with them? Unfortunately, my carny train's pretty solo. <laughs> but um, Leah, Leah has a crack, though. She's actually at the moment, she's having a go at it. And um, But the kids, no, they're not like I would never impose that on them, you know. If they, if they want to eat what I'm eating, that's all good. But otherwise, you know, they just live a, a normal life in terms of food. My little one, Phoenix, she's eight, 19 months. When I was on the mince train and having mince all the time, I couldn't eat mince around her without her getting on my lap and wanting to share it, though, that's for sure. <laughs> She'd be like, that, 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 that. I'm like, oh, Phoenix, can't I just have a, a bowl of mince to myself tonight? <laughs> yeah, we but all say that. Be. <laughs> can't yeah. we just have a bowl of mince to ourselves, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, look, Mitch, it's a really exciting uh, time of your life. Uh, tell us about your new single. Now, I understand you wrote this one yourself. Yeah, so I wrote this um, lyrically myself and 
it's an original which is amazing to have out coming off the back of um, a great release of my version of uh, or my version of Great Southern Land and myself and uh, Regan's duet version of it that was fantastic but to have this song out Yugo Yulagi it's called which means song dance it's just a really exciting time for me I think it's a really kind of a theatrical almost like cinematic kind of feel the song itself um, it's kind of almost been made with I don't know almost like stadium vibes in the mind when we created it. So I think it really has that vibe. Like when you play it on a big sound system, I just think it, it feels like we're on like a horse amongst like a thousand people, like off to battle almost. It's just kind of real triumphant. But the lyrics is about um, basically just being with your loved ones or your community, your village, your tribe, if you like, and being out under the open night air under the stars and, you know, just having a great time and just letting go of all the woes of the world, all the pressures on your shoulder shoulders but then posing that question to yourself of you know the sun's going to rise tomorrow and when it rises are you going to walk into the new day and leave it all behind and start afresh or are you going to carry all those woes and stresses and all that pain and and trauma from from life with you or will you be or will you choose um to be set free to be emancipated and um so yeah it kind of just that's what the song's about and it's just about i guess finding that freedom and that peace and that empowerment with, with those around you that you love and just being free under, out under the open night sky and just letting go. and But also, I guess, asking yourself that hard question or a bit that reminder of no matter what you go through, you know, it's up to you to make that decision to walk into your own healing and freedom and only you can pull pull the trigger on that or make that, that choice to let go or to, to face that, that pain or that trauma and, and be set free. So, yeah. Um, is this the precursor to what old blokes like me call an album? <laughs> Look, <laughs> uh, I would love to. I'm ready to put an. I think I'm ready to put an album out. But yep. this will, this will be a single, and whatever follows from that will follow from that. And it could be an album. Who knows? I mean, it's just one of them things, isn't it? Coming out of COVID, do you, do you drop an album and and go on tour and make it happen or is are we in a, a vibe now where it's very much single by single i guess only time will tell yeah what uh, what's your plan for 2023 mitch yeah 2023 has been massive so far it's been a real blessing we've done lots of things and to, to have the single out you'll be you'll again to be able to have already had it um in sports stadiums with the nrl afl and things like that that's been a real blessing and then you know, the next sort of chapter of the year, we go on the on the road with Burn the Floor, who's an incredible ballroom dance company that's all about breaking the confinements and stereotypes around ballroom dancing and just really breaking it open and making it limitless and everything possible within that realm of dance. And they crossed me um, when they decided to bring the, the production back to Australia and just they got the vibe that what I'm doing with my music is very similar to what they want to do with dance. So they wanted to see if we could... Um, come together and form a, a partnership, if you will, and, and take the, the show on the road. So with that, I'm pretty much doing, I think, around about maybe half or so of the songs, my originals or my versions of songs. And then the other half will be incredible interpretations of Aussie classics and my wife as well. She got the um, the role of lead female vocalist in that, which is pretty awesome. So we'll both be on the road and 
Yeah, hopefully just getting it done. I'll be on the carny train trying to work out how I can <laughs> eat and navigate while on the road. And she'll probably be just eating beautiful things in front of me and we'll just get through it. You've played to uh, some incredible uh, audiences at some incredible uh, venues and one that sticks in, in Kevin's and my mind uh, would be the, uh, the the Firefight Australia uh, concert where you performed uh, You're the Voice. Uh, take us through, what, is it, what does it feel and how did it feel and, and how was that received? Yeah, look, what a, a moment for me. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how many people were there. I always say 80,000, but it was probably a bit less than 80,000. But it was pretty full, let's just put it that way. Like the stadium was pretty much at full capacity. And, um, you know, to be able to be there, I'll never forget, we got pulled up into like a corporate box just before we went out just to meet some people from the label and things like that. And Queen was on. I'll never forget, we will rock you. And the whole stadium thumping and just that surrealness. Of just going like, wow, I'm going to be out here soon and I'm actually going to go on that stage very soon and perform. And that's clean. That's pretty wild. And, um, yeah, just, just to do it and to be with, you know, two incredible icons from our nation, um, in Uncle John Farnham and um, the late Olivia Newton-John was just out of this world, let alone having uh, Brian May from Queen up on stage with us shredding the guitar. It was just absolutely incredible. And I'll never forget, um, my time spent with John and Olivia and just, I guess, the realness of and the reality of, you know, the fact that, you know, they're actually icons in the realest sense and we're talking like Grease Lightning and Whispering Jack. It's pretty surreal and here I am in this room with them recording and just their openness and acceptance to me was so genuine and just so loving and kind. I mean, John embraced me and gave me a big hug and was like, I just want to let you know this isn't my song anymore, it's our song and I'm so incredibly proud of you and what you've done with it. I'm just, I'm just so happy, basically. And he stopped the rehearsal and was like, uh, asked Chong the producer, he's like, Chong, stop, stop, live, Livy. Have you, have you seen his version? Have you seen what he's done? And she was like, No, I haven't. He's like, Chong, put it on. And I was sort of sitting there like, Oh no, don't do this in front of me, please. And that, that was just incredible. And even before we went out on stage. I didn't want to disturb them or, or be that kind of guy, so I stayed away. And they both come and found me in their own time and just were like, you know, I just wanted to see you before we went out there and just you have fun tonight and you just make sure you do you and have a blast with it. And I said to John, I was like, you know, when I get out there, I don't want to start you or anything because, I, you know, I start dancing and in traditional movement and things. And I don't want to throw you off. And he was like, mate, don't worry about me. You just get out there, take on the catwalk, do whatever you want. So as soon as he said that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to take on the catwalk when I get out here and uh, I'm just going to have some fun. And I'll never forget, I, I walked out this big catwalk and it was just so surreal. Like you can picture like 80 odd thousand or whatever it was. It was so big that to this day, like I can't absorb it. You just, you can't absorb that many people. It's it's really surreal and the, the energy is so epic that it's just almost like it's not happening. Almost like it's another person. Do you, do you sort of watch it yeah. sometimes and think, is that, is that me? Is that, are you sure that's me? You know, I've never really watched it back. I've, oh, okay. I've watched it back like maybe twice after it happened and was like, okay, because with me, I can't help but critique myself. Uh, I can't help but go, damn, man, you should have done that there. Or So I tend to now try and just leave it in the past and I'll, I'll watch it once and be like, okay, cool, we did that. It was great and I'll move on and just be blessed and really humbled by the experience. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mitch, if you were to hold a, a dinner party and we were to pass around some really delicious bowls of mints and you could invite anybody <laughs> anybody you like to dead or alive, who would be on your uh, guest list? 
Who's coming for men for Mitch Tambo? Let's go. Yeah, whoa, You've made, you have made it count, sound pretty enticing. Count me in. The Carney train's moving now. The Carney train with MT. Let's rock. Um, okay, who's coming? Fire. You know, you put me off when you have mints. I'm like, no one wants to come. <laughs> have mints with Mitch. But you know what? I don't know. I w- if it's anyone I want, that's such a crazy question. I mean, is it people that are alive? Is it people that are they can be dead the- or alive? Your choice. Or- Yep. I mean, it'd be choice. cool to have my dad at the table again. He's mm-hmm. been gone for 10 years last year. That'd be pretty epic. I don't know how he'd feel about me eating just mint, but I'd be like, look, it's not about that, Dad. It's about catching up. It's been 10 years, man. Come on. Just eat the mint and have a chat. So I'd probably have him there. My my pop just passed. I'd bring him back for a, a bit of mint. He'd probably get into me. Like, oh, I'm sure I don't know about all this bloody food. You need to eat something properly. You know, he's fading away. I can, I can imagine him. Yeah. But um, other than that, it'd be great to have some just incredible humans, you know, that have just led. A life. Like, I love sitting around tables and just listening to people talk with incredible stories, you know. So yeah. people like that I'd love to have at my table for sure. Oh, I think that's that's a really a beautiful choice, I think. Wow, fantastic. Uh, mate, thank you so much for your time. Uh, oh, one more tr- thing, Kevin. Oh, hang on, what's that? Well, I just think Mitch is a great person, given the uh, the, the content that we've, we've gone through on this uh, particular mm-hmm. show, to ask that if he had a uh, cooking tip or a kitchen tip to share. <laughs> Mitch, what would that oh, be? let's get it. Go, go down to Audi, get some mints. No, I'm just joking. Um, you know, my thing would be it's it's okay to um, just experiment and try different things. And I think sometimes we try and overcomplicate it and try and make things better, but they're actually perfect the way they are. And I think when you go back in history and you look at the way that we would eat our meat um, and eat our foods, it's actually a lot more wholesome and, and way better than today. I think today we're very disposable. I think back then, you know, um, people would eat organ meat like the liver and, and different bits and pieces, not because, you know, it was just all about eating everything, but because of the incredible properties in the meat and what that done for you. And, you know, even today, there's lots of people in the health industry and even beauty um, promoting going back to drinking bone broth um, and the incredible things that that can do for you in terms of your skincare and, and all that kinds of things. So, and even like people that never had fridges back in the day, they would ferment um, their veggies to make them last longer and probably didn't even know they were full of probiotics and just absolutely great for gut health. But, you know, I think now we've we've moved into this time where we're a bit lazy and that's not necessarily doing our health justice. So I think sometimes time to just wind the clock back and go have a chat with Nan and be like, Nan, how do I cook up some liver? Talk me through it. And I'm not there yet, you know, I've tried. I've tried to eat liver, but it's just so hard. And I thought, you know, some guys at the butcher said, you know what you do? You cut it up into little pieces, freeze it, and just drink it like you have in vitamin tablets. <laughs> and I tried to do that, and I was like, oh, I just feel so wrong. Yeah. So but I'm yet to uh, – butcher, Butchers talk a lot recipe, of rubbish, Mitch. Butchers talk a lot of rubbish sometimes. you just got to find the right butcher. Yeah, you or know? you can do what my mum used to do with the lamb's fry, which is the liver, isn't it? She used to just hide it under a ton of gravy and tell me it was lamb chops. <laughs> See, something like, you know what, I've seen people online um, blending up liver and smoothies for the kids. I'm like, I just, I don't see how I could trick my kids with that. I don't see how I could blend up liver and be like, here, it's a strawberry milkshake. <laughs> a really strange colour pink. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Thank you, thank you so much for your time. You'll forever be known to us as Mince Tambo, but that's okay. 
You've been mint with mint <laughs> Uh Thank you, mate, for your time and uh, and good luck for 2023 and beyond. Uh, no doubt a name we'll be seeing a lot more of in the future. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. What a talented young man oh, with yeah. a very, very bright future in front of him. And check out his music because it is very good indeed. And indeed I'm sure we're going to see him doing lots. Yeah. Mitch Tambo is his name. He's got a website, mitchtambo.com. But right now, let's do the pasta off. Pasta up against pasta. Carbonara up against spag bowl, Kev. All right. Uh, it's very interesting. What do you like? Uh, well, I, 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 I fessed up on uh, Twitter. Um, a bowl for me. Mm. Carbonara can be... A little bit too hit and miss, whereas oh. bowl is such a beautiful thing to enjoy day after day after day. But, you know, there are purists when it comes to, you know, a proper oh. carbonara and a proper spaghetti bolognese. As you are about to discover. All right, Sue Landry will start us off. She says it is a spag bowl for me. Butcher says spaghetti bowl all day long. And Butcher, his mate, says both garbage. <laughs> Terry Daniel says, voting with the Spag Bowl team. Thank you. Oh, okay. Artie says, I enjoy a carbonara, but seriously, Spag Bowl all the way. I just suck it up. Rebecca says both. One of the first things that I veganised. Mm. Good slurp factor. Glenn says both. Uh, Silvana says, being an Italian, I have to say bolognese, but I do love carbonara too. Muriel Cooper says, technically it should be fettuccine bolognese. So I'm going to say carbonara. I didn't know that. Neither did I. It looked like spaghetti in the photo to me. It was, wasn't it? I have to go back and review. <laughs> Pretty sure. I went and had a look after I read that. Uh, Pete Tanowski says both together even. Sue Hosking, it's spag bowl for me. Carbonara is too rich. Alfredo is better. Oh, yeah, Alfredo with like the three cheeses. Oh, oh what? And that's not rich? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit rich, Sue. Um, Anthony says carbonara made properly is so easy and delicious. Never from a jar or with cream. Yes, apparently cream's a big no-no. Julie says, don't make me pick. I love them both. Uh, Davin says, spag bowl for me, a regular weekly meal in our household growing up. Yep. Bit like Damien Leith, the exotic, posh Damien Leith's family. (laughs) When the Irish discovered Spag Bowl, it went from being glamorous to being every week. Susie says Carbonara. Glenn Rodder says Spag Bowl for me. Pato, not Carburetor. (laughs) Charlene says Bolognese for me. Karen says Spag Bowl, but a good Carbonara always hits the spot. Michelle says, I love both, but you can't go past a good Spag Bowl. Yum. Leonie says, wow, that's a tough choice. I love them both. She says a uh, carbonara with mushrooms. Oh, she and does Beautiful too. creamy sauce. I'll just carry on. Yeah. Beautiful creamy sauce is hard to beat. I shall go carbonara. And somebody actually answered that and they said, but Leone, that would make it a boscaola if you put uh, mushrooms in it. Yeah, got to be complicated in the middle of this oh. food bowl. Uh, Rachel Smith says both at different times. Stephen Quartermain says both. Thanks. Carbonara for entree, bolognese for main course. And then a lot of people <laughs> congratulated uh, Quarters on his wonderful yeah. choice. Uh, Joe Garrett, the doc, said uh, carbonara. Steve Woods, when a carbonara is done properly, like at Mario's in Brunswick Street, there is nothing greater. Laurie Atlas says bowl for me. Uh, Jim Wilson says bowl in a canter. Old Crokey says bolognese is pure comfort food. Roy Boy, 29, carbs for me. Well, that can be both. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Steve Steve Bastoni. Bastoni. (laughs) The carbonara, if it's made with real 
guancale. Is that how you say that? <laughs> you go for it. Okay. And the bolognese, uh, so the carbonara, yeah. if it's made with real guancale, and the bolognese, if it's made with real veal and pork mm. mince. And Steve reminded us, I think, last week that uh, a real no cream. Car- yeah, no, yeah cream. no cream. Hope for Bilia. Bolognese and the rich, tasty tomato goodness in the sauce, along with a generous amount of freshly grated parmesan. Oh, yum. <laughs> Maureen says both, thanks. <laughs> she also says, says carbonara. Ca- sorry, the second line of these people is throwing me off. She also says carbonara for entree, bolognese for main oh, course. Kevin, these people. I'm sorry. These people, it's a bit like Basil Faulty. Yeah. If it wasn't be for great people, hotel. it would be a wonderful organisation. <laughs> we'll finish off with the great Mervyn Hughes. Oh, the great He man. says, uh... I've got to say, you can't go past, well, I can't, Spag Bowl. Go on, you're moving. And here are the results. I reckon I know what it's going to be. Okay. Uh, So you might be surprised, uh, not at the result, Mm. but at the figures. Mm. Both, Mm. 21%. Carbonara, 24%. And the bowl with 55%. Yeah, bowl was a clear winner. Yeah, clear winner. Yeah, it's a family favourite. It is. And it's not too hard to throw together. And I like it better the next day. Yes. To be honest. A bit like you. I like you better the and next day as well. <laughs> <laughs> a fresh Kevin every every day. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, but it's also it's good to, you know, cook it up and then put it in the freezer and bring mm. it out and do it like that. I well, love the flavours like intensify. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Lovely winter's food and we're right in the middle of that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, this edition of uh, mm. Food Bites. Uh, Mitch Tambo, check out uh, check out uh, his, his music uh, and uh, just uh, – He's, he's just such he's a great a talent. Very fitting, actually. We did spaghetti bolognese for a food bowl, given that Mitch was surviving on three bowls of mince, mince. a day. <laughs> mince? Gee whiz. <laughs> it's good, we, though. It was, grass, it was grass-fed mince. After we did that interview, I, was, I think we had mince about two days. And I thought, oh, no, not mince. Really, all I've done is mm. talk about mince or look at mince or mm. eat mince or buy mince or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to mince off into the distance. <laughs> You're very good at mincing. And uh, we will see you next time on Food Bites. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. I'm a bit of a misery guts today.